podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com slash summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True green today attention social security and ssi recipients if you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the irs and claim the recovery rebate credit go to ssa.gov eip to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits like the child tax credit that's ssa.gov eip Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. It's your Friday night. Um, usually it's a Friday night before a game, but we're all in lockdown, and Ireland has been announced as another three weeks starting from today. So look, there's no football, but we're trying our best to keep up the content. This show is brought to you by Paddy Power, a bookie's a website and an app. Please gamble responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. Tonight joining me is Keith and Chris, and we're having a little game of love, hey. Uh, Coutinho own and who's the other one? Coutinho, Owen and Robbie Keane are the three men that we're going to discuss tonight. Their arrival at the club, their impact, their best moments and of course their departure. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, this is the game of love, hey. Uh, Chris and Keith are with me. Uh, we are live, of course, on Hot Mike. Um, anybody that's watching us on Hot Mike, you're very, very welcome. Anybody that, you know, if you know people that want to watch us on Hot Mike, go and send them our way with the invite code LFCDT. Tonight we have Michael Owen, we have Philip Coutinho and Robbie Keane. I'm going to go in the order of when they played for Liverpool, if that's okay with the two lads. So, Keith... I'm going to come to you, and, you know, let's start. Michael Owen. Um, he cuts a figure now of people are, I suppose, I don't know what the word is, frustrated with him, and the way he goes on with regards to Liverpool, I'm not too sure, but I'm sure we get into it as we go on. But Michael Owen, Keith, he, he arrives, he breaks through at Liverpool in the 96-97 season. He scores his first senior goal, if I remember right, away to Wimbledon in a 2-1 defeat. Um, he blows the league away, 97-98, um, where he's just unbelievable as a really young kid and gets a World Cup place. We spoke yeah. last week about Raheem Sterling and being a youngster in Liverpool ranks, and, you know, people kind of heard of him. And but didn't really know his true potential till he arrived in the fourth team. It had to be the same then because we're going back, you know, Michael Owen's 97, Raheem Sterling is 2010-11. So you know, it's another four or five years before that, so social media wasn't a thing. What's your first impressions of Michael Owen? When did you first hear about Michael Owen? Yeah, I suppose it is a different time, isn't it? Going back to when Owen breaks onto the scene, um, you heard all the rumours that he was the next big thing. He was up and coming. He was blowing away records uh, at all age levels through all the ranks, and um, you were excited about him because we had a at that stage we had Robbie Fowler had come through and McManaman had come through, so we had that sort of. Um, Scouse excitement in the team. So when you hear there's another one on the way, you're like, right, this fella is smacking in goals left, right and centre. He's going to be another Robbie Fowler. The problem with Michael Owen was he wasn't a Robbie Fowler. And that for me was the, the thing with Michael Owen with me was I never really, um, Never liked, not that I never liked him, he was scoring goals, but I just couldn't warm to him for some reason. And I don't know if it's because he was too, um, you serious, know, serious. yeah, too, until, you know, the boy next door, the boy wonder, the houseboy's favourite, you know, all this sort of thing. There was no, um, personality about him. And I think he went through his whole career like that. And it was only in the recent podcast he done with Carragher, uh, if anyone listened to it, which it sort of showed a bit of his um, personality and 
some of his thinking behind some of his career choices that, you know, you weren't privy to, but you, when I heard it myself, it didn't seem like the type of things that, you know, from the impression you got off and that was the way he thought about things. So I spent a lot of the time actually not, not interested in Michael Owen. I mean, his goals and his, his career, he's winning, winning Ballon d'Ors and, it just wasn't exciting and I don't know, I just could never want him for that fact. Um, it's very weird. Um, but they, they bursting onto the same thing. Again, he comes out of nowhere, he's scoring, um, scoring his debut, did he? Against Wimbledon or? Yeah. Yeah, he scores in his debut. So that adds to the, the high bats to the pressure and he goes on and, the thing was then he burst onto the England scene and with me, Michael Owen was England's Michael Owen more than he was Liverpool's Michael Owen. And I know that might sound stupid, but that's how I always seen him. Now, I know as an Irish man, it's, you know, ultimately I don't really care what players do for England, but I could just never want him. Just don't know what it was, could never want him. Okay. Um, so you could never want him. Even yeah. when he's scoring all those goals, you could never want yeah. him. And I know that sounds ridiculous. It does sound ridiculous, but, and, and bear in mind, like, back then, 96, I'm only 16, do you know what I mean? And I'm looking at Liverpool, 97, you know what I mean? I'm only a teenager myself, but there was just something about them that I just, I didn't like, do you know what I mean? And it's harsh, you know that way, like, you're a 17 year old young fella you're watching, and like I said, we'd had Robbie Fowler, and he's a bit of a blade and gurrier, you know what I mean? And I like that, you know, I like a rogue. I like someone that's a bit of a, not a maverick as such, but just has a bit about them. And I just never, never felt about home. Um, as I said, harsh, but it was just, it, I, in fact, a connect, a, a similar player whose career, I think, um, very similar career path, well, not overly similar, but he'd be remembered the same way, I think, as Kevin Keegan will to Liverpool fans. He will never get the respect that he probably deserves. And he'll never be mentioned as a true great when maybe he should have been. I think the true great stuff might come down to what happened later on in his Liverpool career. But Chris, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Owen, like Keith says he's 16 there when Michael Owen breaks in the scene in 90, towards the back end of 97. I would have been about 15. Um, yeah, I would have been around 15 when he scores that goal against Wimbledon. Uh, so, yeah, I would have been. When I seen him, I just thought, Look, we, I'd heard a little bit about him because he'd, he'd doing big things at England, England underage level. That was where mainly I heard from it. And that was, that was the case true for most young players because if you're doing well for England, you heard about it. If you're doing well for your club, you know, at underage level, there wouldn't be a hell of a lot made of it because the media wasn't like it was, like it is now. When he scores that, I'm thinking, yeah, good player. Look, he can finish. He's quick. Um, looks fairly slight but he's, he's absolutely rapid let's see because it was towards the back end of the season let's see what he's like if he got a pre-season tour under him and you know whatever way that goes mm-hmm. what way did you make what, what did you make him I think uh, thinking back then I was I was about 13-14 uh, I'd seen a bit of it because I used to watch a bit of the England, England when England schoolboys were always on um, Sky when they used to play Scotland and Ireland um, and he was just scoring goals for fun and it's quite unusual to hear a Liverpool name a Liverpool player in the England school was so you kind of knew he was he looked quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of know what keeps coming from is, is in I really, obviously I was probably almost probably more my age than Fowler. Fowler was already established, so almost one of the first like young superstar I could sort of remember coming through when I started watching football. Cause I watched it a bit later. Fowler's already kind of a Liverpool player, so I did. I did go, grow to quite be really fond of Michael Owen, especially the goals he would score. But there was always that thing about it where you, I'd love him on the pitch, but as soon as he opened his mouth, you're like, you're a bit like, he's just a bit dull, a bit wet. Now, the kind of goes, you realise, I think he's just, he was quite focused and quite driven. That's just how he portrayed it. Whereas, I think with like Matt Manaman, Fowler, they had a little bit more of the, um, they were like, you, you, you could see he's been a mate with them, if you know what I mean? They were a bit more relatable to. I know it sounds funny saying you're related to a millionaire, but, you know, that's how it was. But, I mean, the best one I reckon, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it, is Michael Owen in 2000, 2000 2001 season was scarily good. Yeah. You know, it was just every time the ball fell to him, you, you felt he would score. The only niggle you used to have with Michael Owen was you always knew he'd miss five to ten games a season with an injury. 
because he was never the same after he blew his hamstring against uh, Leeds, wasn't it? Leeds, it was, yeah. Leeds, because that's what he, he talked about as in here to adapt his game. Um, and he just became more of a poacher, which he was, you know, he was really good at. He was still quick. He just wasn't ridiculously quick when he was 18. Yeah. They... Uh, the problem with Michael Owen is, like you said, it's for the later, is at least the way he left, the way he sort of tried to cover, but it didn't really happen. You know, it's too sad a story you really want to believe about why he came back and then where he eventually ended up. I think that's one thing of the categories I've always sort of thought of him is, he's a bit naive to think like, well, who was I going to go to, Man United or Hull? And you're going, I get that. You know, you would rather go to Man United than Hull. Mm. I can understand that. But I think you're naive to think that Liverpool fans go, ah, well, yeah, United or Hull, you know, you can't blame him. They're never going to like you for that. Ever. Yeah. And I think that's one thing footballs, footballers lose track of is, you, from a career position, yeah, it makes sense. But from a fan's position is, you don't go to the enemy. And that's the way, it, that's the way you'll always be seen. It's, you know, Keith, coming back to you, you've said about England, him being England's um, Michael Owen. I, I know where you're coming from, but does that stem from the 98 World Cup and the goal against Argentina? You know, he, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think in 98, he's, he doesn't start the first two games, I don't think, and he plays no. in the last group game, I think, and he scores, if yeah. I remember rightly. Um, it might have been Colombia, I think he played. Um, yeah. Colombia or Romania are in my head, but I think it was Colombia. Um, and then of course he does that against Argentina and I'm being honest I was um, I, I lived at home at the time in my mother's I was watching this game I was on my own um, and he done that and I have to say I jumped off the sofa when he done it um, not because it was Michael Owen and not because he was it, it, it was Liverpool's Michael Owen it was just what the fuck just happened you know yeah. and when you're seeing not only the, the amount of good defenders he goes past but the amount of players that would absolutely side you down given half the chance in an Argentina, yeah. that Argentina side, and he just glided by them, and it was like he was in fast-forward on the square remote. He was plus he was plus 12 on the square remote, and they were like minus 12. That's yeah. that's how, how mad it was. But from there on in, he's a superstar straight away, Keith, isn't he? And like, if you look, he comes back from the World Cup. I remember, I think it was 98, 99, when, when all of England are in all of them, and he goes away to Newcastle early in the season and he scores a hat-trick, a really, really good hat-trick and he just continues that on. And he's like that, isn't he? Right up until, you know, as Chris says, the the, the thing at Leeds happens where he, he, he his hamstring comes away from his body, mm-hmm. more or less, and it's the end of Michael Owen, as we knew Michael Owen for the first two, mm-hmm. first three years. Yeah, and it was like, that, that World Cup did... Put him. Now he was on the trajectory for that, and anyway, as Chris touched on there, when he was playing all the schoolboy stuff, um, you know, the, the youth, the internationals for England and all, and for Liverpool, and you know, you're just hearing about this absolute, you know, 60, 70 goals in the season merchant. So you knew quite, you knew the young fellow was good, and that just put him. He comes into Liverpool, scores in the Premier League, gets into the England squad, and gets onto the big stage, and eventually, bang, it blows up. And he's going past players like Pochettino, like Roberto Ayala, Roberto Sensini, like the Argentina team. I can't remember if they were playing that day. I think Pochettino certainly was. But um, they they were a tough team, and they were the sort of team that would kick lumps out yeah. And he just went through them like they weren't there. Um, and it was, you know, it was great to see him. Look, I had me off my seat, you know what I mean? Um, I say he didn't excite me. He scored some great goals, do you know what I mean? But it was just, I found his personality just wasn't um, the, the sort of player that I would gravitate to, maybe, do you know what I mean? Without being too harsh on him. Like, some of the some of the stuff he was doing was exciting, but then he had a stupid little celebration and... Stupid little celebration. Oh, you know, like there was like Robbie Fowler's down snorting lines of the, yeah. the chalk off the pitch and yeah. oh Finidi George's And Riga Bear songs trying to say that he and and, and Jared who yeah, trying to say he was he was eating grass yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it, it, it was crack, wasn't it? It was like a Michael Long was just more of a blading like my sister my sister's four years younger than me, obsessed with Michael Long. Every wall we lived in in the flats we were in one room and every blading wall space was Michael Long's head on it. So maybe that's what 
you know, I'm, I fucking hate him. I hate looking at him. I hate his face. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> like, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, Luke. But I just could never gravitate to him. He scored some great goals, and yeah, really, he starts off like a like a house on fire for Liverpool, and he's he's banging in goals, and the hamstring injury does change him. Now. He's still a good player after that, but it's nearly like, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing and you can look back at a career, but it was like he was on the wind down of his career from about the age of 22. Do you know what I mean? He says that himself in fairness, doesn't he? He said he became a predator. I think think he did another injury, probably around the Real Madrid time, and just said like, he he, he sounded like from the age of 28, he just didn't enjoy himself anymore. Well, that's it. I mean, if you look at Newcastle stuff and all. Like, well, uh, the, the interview, well, the, the interview with Carragher is quite interesting. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe Michael Owen and a lot was said, and Carragher yeah. seems to back him up on a lot. Yeah. Said, but my, my attitude towards it is, he goes on about wanting to get back mm-hmm. to Liverpool. He shouldn't have left Liverpool in the first place. And you know, I, we'll get to his departure in a few minutes. But that interview for me. I liked it, don't get me wrong. I thought, I felt he was trying to be as honest as he possibly could, but I did feel it was, there was a few excuses thrown in there as well. You know, uh, you know, that's just the way I I felt about it. But I want to, I want to touch on his best moments, right? So Chris, I want, I want to come to you first. You know, there's loads of great moments around. Um, you can go through them. He scores goals against Man United at Old Trafford. He scores against United at, at, at Anfield. There's loads of great moments with Michael Owen at Liverpool because he scored a hell of a lot of goals. But the, the one that I think one stands out, one day stands out, Chris, and I'll put this to you, uh, the 2001 FA Cup final. When Liverpool oh, yeah. are played off the park by Arsenal, let's be honest about it. Yeah. Um, it's, an ex- it's a mentally hot day. Um, anybody that was at that game and you listen to them uh, will tell you it was a ridiculously hot day. Arsenal had the much better of it. Stefan Honcho was a goalkeeper that day. He was handling some of the line. We were getting, we were getting away with more. They were 1-0 down. And then, Chris, he to- you spoke there about him being a predator. His first one's very predatory, and his second one is the money alone that we will always remember. Yeah, and that's probably one of the few times he showed a bit of personality with his sort of weird hand, handstand celebration. At least it was, a, yeah, you saw it meant, meant something to him. That pro- that'll always go down. It's probably his greatest game because it's a, it's a cup final. Yeah. Uh, I would say close second is probably his two goals uh, away at Roma in the UEFA Cup. Yeah, really you enjoyed Roma that. away in the UEFA Cup where yeah. they were hard. That was similar to the Arsenal. They battered us. And they were a scary side, you know, Tomasi and, you know, players like they just looked brilliant. Yeah. And again, they were both predatory instincts. One was, you know, capsizing a mistake and the other one was a very clever header at the near post, which was, were probably his two, go- his two main type of goals, which was either a predatory one or he'd run through and dink the keep and do a little dink over the keeper. Mm. I say like they're easy, you know, but he did it that often, especially against Newcastle. That was his thing. But yeah, the FA Cup final, you know, I, I remember going berserk and me, I was in my mate's house watching that and, we were all quite down watching, thinking we were going to get battered here. We're going to get battered, and it was it was the the, the ultimate smash and grab. Yeah, like um, Kevin Sullivan's asking there, why shouldn't he have left Liverpool? I'll, I'll explain a little bit more in a minute. Uh, but the, the first goal, it drops, and he just he, it's a half volley. He gets in it there ahead of I think it might have been Adams or Keown, and he but he bashes it in the net. But the, the second goal, the ball from Berger over the top, he leaves yeah. Dixon in a he smokes Dixon. And then yeah. Adams thinks he's being cute by pushing him out left, but he gets an, he gets past Adams just enough, and Seaman thinks he has a cover and he puts it right in that corner. And I, I, I remember where I was that day. I was in the it was in um, the pub was called the Back Page now in Fisbury. Um, I can't remember what the what the name of it is now or what it was then. Um, I think of it in a minute. But I was out the back of that, and when that went in, the place went absolutely a wall. It went the place just was all over the place. There was people going out windows and everything. Um, but from there on, and it's not too far after that. Like if you if you look at it, you know uh, that that season, Keith he helps Liverpool to a, a treble of trophies. They also yeah. qualify. He scores on the final day as Liverpool win away to Charlton um, to secure Champions League football mm-hmm. as well. And you're looking at it there, and you're thinking at the time you're thinking you know Lippmann is there. I think at the time Heskey fell our own. You're looking at that front four, and you're going, you know what? This team has done that this season. But another season behind him, how good could, could he be? He wins the Ballon d'Or. The sky's the limit still for him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. And um, it's, it's a very underrated season, I suppose, isn't it? Um, in Not just in Liverpool, in, in sort of 
English football. Uh, I don't think they get they, they play the, the maximum amount of games you can play or something that year, did they? Because they mm. went yeah, six, to the domestic games, yeah. the European final as well. Like they they really did put in the hard yards. But it was a great team back then, and um, again, it's it's a disservice to Michael Owen, but. Um, you spoke about those other strikers there and Heskey done all the donkey walk. Um, everyone loved playing with Heskey. Fans maybe didn't love looking at him, but players loved playing with him. But yeah, they had, again, maybe young and naive, you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, I wish it was Fowler up there. Or, I'd rather Littman and be getting a run of games than, um, than Mike alone. You know, that it's just, he was, uh, looking at his goal record, like in the Premier League for Liverpool, he's, uh, 118 goals in 216 games. You know, back then, I mean, you consider his age, it's pretty phenomenal for the time. Um, but he, he done fuck all after he left, and that's, that's the, the killer with him. Um, he, he has that season, and you're looking at it, and you're talking Ballon d'Or, and you're looking at, you know, he's, he's the poster boy of English football, he's the poster boy of England alongside Beckham, maybe at that, at that stage. And I think Real Madrid were sniffing around him at that point. I think Florentino Perez wanted, you know, was openly saying he wanted Michael on at Real Madrid. So you knew it was going to be hard to be keeping him. Well, winning that domestic, that, or that, that cup treble was good. You knew Liverpool probably had to be doing a bit more than that to, to keep him there. And I think he even said it himself in the interviews, you know, that he had to be playing Champions League and he had to be, you know, at, playing at the top end of the game. So the, the, when he actually left us, it wasn't overly surprising to me. Um, the way he left wasn't surprising. Um, but just at that, that FA Cup final um, in 2001, you just thought the world was oyster. Do you know that way? It was a big game. We were absolute muck. And he came up trumps. And that's what big players do. Um, yeah. They come up in the moments when they're needed. And he done that. And like I said, for all that I mightn't have liked him personally, he was just the one that you knew would always come true for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like... There is so many big moments and, and the FA Cup one stands out and Rome is a great show as well. But the departure of Michael Owen, because we're trying to keep this to about an hour and we're about 20 minutes in and we've three players to do, so do the max. Um, <laughs> so the departure of Michael Owen. Now, I've spoken about this before and I'll give my opinion on a fourth, right? Yeah. Michael Owen leaves Liverpool in the summer of 2004. Um, does change at the club. Rafa Benitez is brought in as um, the new manager of Liverpool. He goes off to, I think it's Portugal at the time, uh, mm-hmm. where the Euros are on. Is that right? And That's he good. speaks yeah. to Gerard, he speaks to Carragher, and he speaks to Michael Owen. Um, now, that's fine. He went off. Listen, if Michael Owen didn't fancy Rafa Benitez, he could have turned and said, I don't fancy him, I'm out of here. The issue I have with Michael Owen is that for about 12 months, possibly more, before he leaves Liverpool Football Club, he keeps saying that he wants to sign a contract. He ke- in, in interviews, and I, I remember these interviews like on Match of the Day and after games on Sky, and they'd be asked about the contract situation, and he'd say, oh no, everything's fine, the contract will be sorted out, I'm very confident the contract will be signed. contract is never signed, and he leaves he leaves Liverpool in the summer of 2004 to Real Madrid for £8 million, pounds, yeah. at the time, which was an absolute travesty um, for me. Um, oh, plus, uh, no, plus, plus, no, plus Nunes. Yeah, yeah plus so, Nunes, so, so <laughs> six million. Um, so, but but Kev asked earlier, why shouldn't he leave Liverpool? I'll tell you why. He he, he was at Liverpool. He was at Liverpool, right? In two thousand and four, he's he's twenty six ish years of age. He could have given Benitez a season. He could have looked at Benitez and said, listen, this fella has been brilliant at Valencia. He's different to Julier. Um, it's a breath of fresh air. Carragher seems on board. Gerard seems on board. He could have given it a year. Now, if he if he, if he he signs a new deal, okay, and he's as good as he thinks he is, he signs a new deal, he, I don't know, add two years to it. Add, just add two years to it. Yeah. And what he does is he says to the club, I'll add two years on the provision that if I, do, if I want to go at, at next summer, I can go for X amount. And if he was as good as he thought he was, which he was, he was good at the time, he would have went to Real Madrid anyway. That's my issue with Michael Owen and the whole dragging out of the contract situation. Now, again, I've listened to the interview with Carragher and he tries to explain it and how he left and, you know, how he tried to get back at this stage and back at this stage. That doesn't interest me, trying to get back. It doesn't interest me. At the time, Michael Owen could have given Liverpool another year, in my opinion. All right. And to make it worse, they go home in the European Cup 
um, while he's messing about on the bench, uh, shaving his head at um, Real Madrid. So yeah. that's my opinion on it. Um, I'm not going to inf- influence either of you. Keith, he leaves Liverpool. What do you make of it? Oh yeah, like I said, I you could see it coming. All the I agree with what you said there about the the contract talk. It was always oh yeah, yeah, but again, it, between all that shit, those talks of having to play at the top level and all this, and I always felt he was always um, you know, fluttering his eyes at the likes of the Real Madrid, Barcelona's, um, the big clubs at that time, and. It wasn't a surprise. Now, what was a surprise, I agree, was Liverpool had brought in Rafa Benitez and he won the UEFA Cup with Valencia and you knew he was going to be a good manager because I think at the time, wasn't it, Mourinho had won the Champions League, Benitez had won the Europa League, both of them were coming to England. So, while I know Mourinho was the, the popular choice at the time, Benitez was no mug and it was a great appointment by Liverpool and he didn't... He didn't give her a go, you know, and because I didn't overly like Michael Owen, I wasn't surprised and I was like, yeah, get out, adios. Um, but I just felt he should have given it a go because he went into a Real Madrid team that he had no chance of breaking into. Like, and I know he'd say he's confidence in his own ability. He had no chance of breaking into that Real Madrid team at that time. There was... Just, it, it seemed a stupid move for him to do at that stage where he could have stayed at Liverpool and tried to do something and then moved in a year or two and seen what the lie of the land was. He was going into the top peak Galacticos, I think, at that stage. You know, you'd Raul, did they have Ronaldo at that stage? You know, Figo, Zidane, Beckham. Was Beckham? Yeah, probably. No, I think Beckham might have been after that. But what else was still really, Yeah, it was really like... It was really a, a, a strange decision for me to rush out of Liverpool. You know what I mean? I can understand if there's a if there's a slot there that you can say, right, I'm going here. There's a position there, and I'm going to make it my own. But he just he went there and didn't really do anything. Do you know what I mean? And his career stagnated, and it it just it to me his career has been a uh, just a procession of bad choices. And in that podcast with Carragher, he says, and he is, he blames everyone, but him, you know, if he's so naive that he let his agent do this and do that, he's not very intelligent. And he always came across as someone that had his head screwed on. So I don't know what to buy from his, his uh, podcast with Carragher. But his decision making here was just, I felt was wrong and stupid. Not even from a Liverpool point of view, just from his own personal career point of view, I thought it was a bad move at the time and turned out to be a disastrous move, really. Chris, is there an argument that is there an argument that you know when he leaves Liverpool and he goes to Real Madrid and he has that season there and you know there's all this talk he wants to get back in Newcastle or in and Real Madrid kind of use him as a bit of a pawn and stuff like that? Is there an argument that he's just trying to, in some way, wipe out that year at Real Madrid and try as best to just get himself back to Liverpool to nearly write off that season at Real Madrid and go, listen, it never happened. I'm just a, I'm a Liverpool player. Was he was he in his own mind? Do you think he might have been just struggling to say, "Listen, I need to get back there for my own personal sanity, nearly." Yeah, I mean, he does talk about trying to do uh, trying to do an Ian Rush, doesn't he? You know, trying mm. it. If it doesn't work, come back to Liverpool. Ian Rush did it. The, I'm sure. It, I'm sure he says it. So I, I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm getting this wrong. I'm sure though that he talks about he wants to go to Liverpool. So Newcastle comes with a stupid offer. So if you go to Newcastle or you stay here, mm. uh, but you're probably not going to play. And I'm sure he says the line, but it was a World Cup year. Yeah. And that for me was all like, well, if, you, if you want to go back to Liverpool and your thing is going back to Liverpool, you say to Madrid, all right, I'll, I'll fight for my place. Because yeah. to be fair, to, I mean, look, I'm not always his biggest fan. Beckham did that. Beckham got told by Madrid, piss off, we don't want you. Yeah. And he said, no, I'll fight for my place. Ended up fighting for his place, winning the league. And then he went, right, now I'm going. And he went to the MLS, you know, kind of stuck it to Madrid, which, you know, for someone like a Beckham, I was like, Fair play to you, you know, you, yeah. you, you stuck it out, and in fact, you made the club change their mind that they had to pick you. So, Michael Owen, to me, that's where you're like, you only gave it a year at Madrid, so why don't you give it a second year, and say to, unless you give me Liverpool, if you don't give me Liverpool, then I'll just sit in your bench. Mm. Uh, that's where I'm always a bit like, mm. then he's like, oh, I've got to Newcastle, but I want to go back to Liverpool if I get the chance. It's just like... Why don't you come out and shout, just shout it? Some players do it. You know, people don't like it, but you know, you want to come back to Liverpool. Say, I want to come, I want to come, I want to come back to Liverpool. Some mm. players have done it in the past. Say, 
I would have come back to X Club, you know. But he didn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's where it's like, you know, and well, I don't feel sorry for him. You know, it is sad the way his career went. Cause it went downhill, downhill fast. He's a, he's probably he's got a lot of similar traits to Torres. When he left Liverpool, he was never the same, and Torres was never the same. Not some players. Liverpool do a lot better. So mm-hmm. be it. Michael for me was never the same player, club level when he left it when he left uh, Liverpool. England level because he was still had that yard of pace and, and had that instinct. He was perfect for international football, mm-hmm. which is why he got so close to the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, when he went to Newcastle, he was picking up injuries that Michael Owen never used to pick up. You know, Michael Owen was always hamstring injuries. We all knew that's what he was. Yeah. Newcastle, it was broken fourth, snapped knee twice. You're like, they were injuries he never picked up. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, they were injuries that when you're 27, 28, you're picking up knee injuries. We've seen it with like Adam Lallana. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't get many injuries, but then had a really bad thigh injury, and he's never been the same player since. Yeah. He got injuries at the wrong age. Yeah. Right, quick question for you both, because we're just messing now with the amount of time you've spoken about Michael Owen. Keith, uh, love him or hate him, and would, a peak, would you have a peak Michael Owen in the current Liverpool side? Uh, hate him and no. Okay, fairly to the point, happy days. Uh, Chris, uh, love him or hate him, and would you have a um, peak Michael Owen in the current Liverpool side? It's got to be hate. You can't, you can't love anyone who played for Man United. Okay. And no, he wouldn't get to this. He wouldn't be in the current Liverpool side. Okay. A peak Michael Owen wouldn't be in the current Liverpool side. No. Nah. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, Good I, bench player. I don't even know if we get to the tour players tonight because we're 40 minutes in and we've only spoke about one. But listen, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, one of them didn't have a long career. We might get yeah, we might, we might knock him off <laughs> next week, right? Right. The next one is Philippe Coutinho. Um, and this, oh. one could get, this one could get fiery. So, Philippe Coutinho arrives in January 2000 and. Uh, 13, I want to say. At uh, Liverpool. Um, in Brendan. No, no, January 2014. Um, he arrives in Brendan yeah. Rodgers' fourth season. He arrives for £8 million from Inter Milan, if I remember right. Um, he's a bit weird looking, he's mad hair, uh, but he's he's highly rated. He's been on Inter Milan, I think he might have been on loan at Espanol. Um, he arrives with a, a decent reputation. I think there was another couple of clubs looking at him at the time, but Liverpool managed to get the deal done in a deal which more or less showed storage tones up at the same time. And they kind of light the place up between the two of them. Yeah. Chris, Philip Coutinho arrives at Liverpool. Are you looking at this and going, I really like him, I know stuff about him, um, I rate him, or are you thinking, mm, Inter Milan, was that loan or Espanyol? Is he a, a bit of a gamble? Because that's what I thought it was. Um, my thought was because I, I, I was like, who the fuck's this? After the, after the summer signing, Joe Allen and Fabio Barini, I was like, fuck it, who's this? <laughs> some, 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 some lightweight la- lightweight lad with mad air who came on for twenty minutes debut, got knocked over every two seconds. Like, oh Christ, what have we signed here? Uh, but then he found his feet, and you're like, wow, this is this this lad's got a. All I can all I can remember is he had a touch. That I'd not seen a Liverpool player for ages, and he's the first player we'd had since Gerard, since, since, apart from Gerard, who could pick out a pass that nobody else could see. You were like, yeah. "Wow!" And his link up with Sturridge, you were like, "Oh, that's Joe. You might have something here." But yeah, most of it. When we said we signed this fella, I was like, "Who?" And he just landed this lad. This lad who looked about five stone wet through and crazy hair. I was like, "Oh Christ, another Barini." Mm. But you know, first impressions are never always the right ones. Yeah, true. Well, to be, to be honest with you, like I just thought risk, I just thought gamble. Now I know people will say, "Are any signing is a gamble?" But this one felt like a big gamble. You know, eight million quid is always a gambling amount of money for me. You know that way. Yeah. If it's fifteen million, there's a bit of quality at the time. Fifteen million is a bit of quality there. Going back what seven years ago, um, eight million is a bit gambly. Um, but. I was willing to give him a go. He shows up and puts the number 10 on his back as well, which I'm like, yeah, he, he has confidence in himself. He's Brazilian, so if he can turn her on, you know, um, so be it. Th- that's, that's all I really had in him because I didn't know much about him. Keith, um, for someone that watches loads and loads of football, was Philip Coutinho on your radar before? He, he actually was, yeah, he right. actually was. I was. Are you doing a grizz on me here now? But I'm not doing it. Oh, here we he go. Do you know what? He genuinely was a player that I knew beforehand. Um, I, I love Serie A, to be honest, and I remember Inter Milan signed him, and he had a big reputation. Um, 
I'm a land now. I didn't really walk out from him and he then ships up to ourselves. So I'd seen sort of, I'd seen good bits of him and bad bits of him and I thought, yeah, this could be a good signing for us because I think back then was money balling a bit of a thing back then. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but know, Kevin okay. Sullivan says, um, that's why we have Barino. You know, uh, he was a money ball signing that worked. You know, uh, he said Liverpool had an eight million bid and wouldn't want, and wouldn't want to match. Um, sorry, that's about uh, Michael Owen. Sorry, Kevin Sullivan does say Phil was the money ball player that worked. Yeah, I was because it, it was it was a gamble. It was and it was the epitome of what money ball really was, wasn't it? Like a player with a high ability, um, but maybe just in a bad situation and um, that had come in. So I actually had seen a fair bit of him and I was excited. But to be honest, he sort of blew me away um, when he came because the, the worry, and as you both said there, he was a little scrawny fella, you know what I mean? He had a dodgy big curly mop and all that. And I'm like, I like him, but he can be out-muscled. And will the Premier League be the ideal league for him? Do you know what I mean? If he's if he's sort of drifting out at Serie A, and I know Serie A is a tough league, but he's he's not imposing himself there. I think he could get kicked from pillar to post in the Premier League. But the link up, maybe it's a coincidence, a nice coincidence that him and Storage come at the same time. But they do have an instant, <coughs> and it was great to watch. You know, it really was. And even as the as the years went on. I think was a there to the end of two seasons ago or something. They both played against West Ham. I think it was away. Yeah, it was um, a crunch game for the top four. Yeah, it was, uh, and, hmm. and the two of them, and because we the few injuries or something, they and and they linked up brilliantly again. And it was sort of a reminder of how good the two of them were together. And I think good players can do that. You know, I yeah. think that Daniel Sturridge is a very underrated player, in my opinion. Um, ability wise, you know, we constantly injured, but ability wise, he was he was class. And I think him and Coutinho, Coutinho came in there and seen a centre forward that he knew I can slide balls in all over the place, and this fella is intelligent enough to get onto them and that yeah. played to Coutinho's strengths because the slide pass is Coutinho's main strength I think right? he's, he's a great striker of the ball as well but the intelligent pass around the corner or cutting through where there's not a gap to be seen and he's finding gaps that was always the strength of, of him and when you have a striker that can do that it just suited him down to the ground to have storage there yeah, so he he scores at home to Swansea, I think, in one of his, it might be his first goal for Liverpool, but the mm. one that stands out for me is, um, it's not a goal he scores, you, you speak about storage, he hits a ball over the top at Craven Cottage for storage to complete his hat-trick against Fulham, which is outrageous, he goes mm. by some, I might have been that, I might have been, I have a feeling it might have been um, your man Brown. That played for Spurs as well. What was his first name? Scott Brown. No, Michael, Michael Brown. Brown. Michael Brown. Brown I think it might have been him. He just glides past the midfield and just hits outside of the outside of the foot, and he just bends the ball over. Uh, it, it, he puts it up and down while it's bending left to right, and uh, Sturridge is onto it and clips it over. I think maybe in Schwartz or in goal, and it, it goes in and Sturridge's hat trick. And I just thought that's a ball. That's a fucking serious ball. He's at the hit there, yeah. and you could see stuff. You know, in him as as he progressed, Chris he turns into a very important player for Liverpool very very quickly. Like thirteen fourteen, we we spoke last week about you know Suarez and Sterling and 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 Sturridge and but but Coutinho seems to find a little spot in that side in a midfield tree, you know, and and then they go he... then they go to Diamond and and he's kind of. You know, they have Dave Gerrard, they have uh, Joe Allen, they have uh, Jordan Henderson, and then they've Coutinho hanging around um, in a number 10 kind of position. Um, you know, when it was a. Not, not that whether he went diamond or tree, he was finding a spot on this side as 13 14 goes on, and he scores some good, good crucial goals there, i.e., I can remember Spurs at home in a, in a win, obviously the Man City one, um, where company makes a mess of it. But he quickly becomes like. You know, like Sterling becomes comes a, a big player for Liverpool, and Suarez gradually just turns into everything about Liverpool. Coutinho, after six months, goes into thirteen, fourteen, and is still only a player for six months at Liverpool. But six months down the road, he's like he is so important to us as to what we're trying to do. He is, yeah. I mean, I think even in thirteen, fourteen, he still rotated quite a bit in and out, but mm. he just becomes a very not squad player, but a 
a first team of that, he may not be the regular, but when he's in the side, you thought he can do something. Mm. And there was still probably the worry of physicality wise, but yeah, he had a, he, he started to get a few crucial goals and, you know, pass, pass. I mean, his city goal is probably the most iconic goal. That's probably, that must have made that, when that goal went in, I thought that was, that was the moment for the, for the title. Mm. Uh, again, how wrong was I? Mm. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. he, he just, the one thing with Coutinho, up until the time he left, every year, he got a little bit better and he added a string to his right. Like he eventually started to get better with his long range shooting. You know, he would score some wonders with his long range shooting, but there were times where it'd be the fifth effort and there were times where, for fuck's sake, pass it. But the one thing he, he, but the one thing he developed probably in the last two years, which I still think is the one thing Coutinho would never replace properly side, is someone who could take a free kick 30 yards out. Mm. So we have a kick, we have a free kick 30, 30 yards away from goal. If Suarez or Coutinho were taking it, you're thinking, this is working the keeper. And eight times out of ten, we probably did. I think in the current side, that's what we don't have. Yeah. You know, Trent can do it now and again. Salah thinks he can. Shaqiri's well, gonna... probably the best at a lot of them, but he doesn't play enough. For example, you know, and, and Salah, of course, he thinks he can take an attacking free kick, and I don't think I've ever hit him, seen him at a target yet. So, yeah. I do think that's one part of his game we have missed. Um, unfortunately, my thing with Coutinho is, it's very bittersweet with him. Mm. I actually think he gets the easiest ride out of all the all the love hate players of Owen, Torres, Suarez, Sterling, this fella gets the easiest ride, and to me, he's he's the biggest snake the way he left compared to the others. And I know that's controversial, but he seems to be because he was a great player, everyone liked him. Wow, well, yeah, but players do that. We'll let him off. He, the way he left the club to me was bang out of order, and I can't be arsed with loving that everyone keeps saying, "Oh, let's bring him back." I'm my opinion is sod him. He's he failed in a Barca. Uh, he's hating it at Bayern. Oh, maybe come back to Liverpool. No, no, you, you, you shit the bed. Get out, go. So, I'm very best sweet with him. You know, ability wise, he's brilliant, and I can see a lot of perks in him. But I can't take some now. He, to me, I, I'm one of those like, no, you've done, you're gone, go. Yeah, or we'll go into why you left later. But you know, yeah, we will. We left, we absolutely will. Um, you know, there's a couple of points in here. Megan says Phil scored some amazing goals, for, but the way he went about wanting to leave. The club outing a transfer request before the new season and faking back injuries. We lost, uh, she lost a lot of respect from, uh, Kevin Sullivan says, if you've ever listened to world football, phone in BBC Five Live at the time. Phil Vickery said he was very skillful, but needed to grow up physically and mentally. Uh, Avo says there was an article in the mirror with Klopp talking about Phil, said he would, said he would stay longer to help us after the Lalan injury. Klopp said he was very loyal to the club. Um, at the time, sports at Ericsson Ozil had asked, Ozil was at Arsenal and Silva at City. He wasn't out of place in that company and having th- those three probably pushed him on to improve. Um, let me see. So, uh, I, I don't know. There's loads, of, there's loads of great moments. We've mentioned the one against City there. Um, the one away United in the Europa League I loved when he, yeah, skins, when he skins the... I don't even know who the fullback was. Um, he skins him and, and he... And he Dinks gives a uh, the guy of the eyes and dinks it there. Yeah. He scores right. a cra- he scores a cracker in the FA Cup. Of, I think it was a replay away at Bolton, and um, when we were one yeah. down and we turned the game around, might have been fourteen, fifteen. Um, he scored a belter away at Southampton, a, a brilliant free kick away at Arsenal. Um, open yeah. day of the season, sixteen, seventeen. I think. Yeah, that was um, a great. yeah, there's so many, there's so many goals he's involved with Dort- in the game against Dortmund when we when we dragged that back. He, he scores there. He scores our second goal, I think, uh, off a nice flick from Milner. There's so many good, good moments from Coutinho. And, and like, as we get, you know, Mane is on board 16, 17, you know, uh, start of 17, 18, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, Salah is on board. Everything's looking great. And then let's get to it. Um, you know, it's, it is, it's the summer of 2017, 18, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, summer of 2017. The years just roll into one for me, and it's because we've been to two European Cups. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but no, start of, yeah. start of 17, 18, uh, Keith, he's, you know, we're, we're looking at it and we're going into the season and we're thinking, you know, Mane's flying, Firmino's flying, um, you know, Salah's on board now. We don't know what we're going to get to him, but, you know, we, we've seen his quality in Italy and we've all the, We've all the faith in Klopp to to do whatever he, he possibly can with this player. You know, Coutinho's there. They were calling it the Fab Four. Everything's absolutely ready to go motoring. And just before the season starts, Keith, Keith, um, the day he, before, the day before, he hands in a transfer request. Yeah. And now this is being rumbling on. Um, 
But the, the day before the season starts, he hands in a transfer request and he isn't involved in a three-all draw away at Watford, I think. Yeah, uh, But this drags on then and Liverpool stand their ground, Keith, and they say, no, you're not leaving. You, we don't have the time. Is this the... F- this No, we have until the 21st of August in this season, I think. Um, it's yeah. only gone back last year when, when it's pulled That's back right. to before the start, season starts. And I think they're going to... Well, obviously, COVID nineteen is going to make changes there now, but I think the talk was they're going to go back to the end of August. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, Liverpool stand their ground, Keith. When this happens and he hands on the transfer, are you thinking, or oh, someone needs to save the situation? What's going on? Are you thinking, fuck him out the door? Yeah, I thought fuck him out the door, and I, in some ways, I spoke about this on a previous show. That was all Barcelona were in his ear telling him, look, we want you. The only way we're going to get you out of there is if you start acting the bollocks and you start saying, look, you're, you're not going to play. You have an injury. You're going to print a transfer request and they'll get rid of you. The timing of it was Atrocious. the biggest kick in the teeth that we've had. Because you're right, Salah had only come on board. But I think the pre-season we looked mustered with the, you know, we... They looked sharp, you know, they were all clicking, they were all pouring, and we looked like, yeah, this could be a serious team. And to do that, of all the times, to throw in a transfer request, I think, personally, right, Klopp would have got rid of him there and then. And I think we're wrong, and I'm guessing that Klopp would come out and say, no, 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 he was an important player, blah, blah, blah. I think it was Tom Werner might have come out at the time and said, no, we're not accepting this, go away. FSG, and anyway, jumped in. And it was after the whole uh, Suarez, I think, and Sterling, one after another. Uh, and they came out and said, no, under no circumstances are we selling them. And I think we were sort of snookered, in a, snookered ourselves a bit there because we the player who wanted out and we came out and said, we're not going to sell them. I think Cop was with you. I think he was, the, I think the, after the interview, he said, uh, the club have spoken. The club have said he's not yeah. for sale. Mm. I have to respect yeah. the club's wishes. That was clear. That was clear. There was Klopp saying, "You don't want to be here. Get out." I so what is all about I, wanting I, players there, isn't it? And that was yeah. I think there was. I, I think there might have been stages to this because, like, if you if you look back and, and like at the time now, you know, I was fuming over it. Um, and the reason I was fuming was, you know, I just I was looking going how can how can he do this at the, on the eve of the season? Like, if he goes to them in at the end of May and says, listen, um, I, I've heard Barcelona are interested. I'd really like to go there. Can we make something happen? Listen, I'll hold off the deal until you, you know, sign whoever and then I can leave. You know, so people aren't holding you to ransom because Barcelona have paid, you know, 100 million plus for me. That would have been fine. But to do this yeah. on the eve of the, of, of the, of the season starting and leaving Liverpool with, a massive hold in their squad um, for the position he played, plus, you know, what, two weeks, three weeks to sort out a replacement, and everyone knowing Liverpool are a wash up money now because Barcelona have given them, at the time, probably would have been around 100 million quid. And that's scabby as well. Yeah, but the, but that's that, that, that really annoyed me. The thing with Klopp was, though, I agree, I think Klopp would have had him out the door. I think I don't think Klopp would have went... Fuck you, good luck. I think Klopp, uh-huh. and, it, and it's been well, uh, fairly well documented that Klopp has said to him, listen, has definitely spoke to him and said, listen, and, and the quote is, you know, go there and you'll just be another player, stay here and they'll build statues of you. I'm, I'm, I've no doubt that Klopp went and tried to speak to him, but I think, uh-huh. if he got a, I think if he got a negative response there, which he obviously did, I think Klopp then turned around and says, no, let him out, let him go. But FSG have to go, now hold on, we have to show some strength here or we're going to get picked off all the time. Where, yeah. all right, you don't want this player and that's fine. You know, you, you've, you've no toys to him and if he goes, he goes, you feel you can deal with it in whatever way he feels best. But we have to show some strength, not only for ourselves, but for you now in this situation and going yeah. forward. Because, you know, <laughs> if Klopp lets Coutinho go there or the club just let him go, people just turn and go, well, who else is there? Uh, Mane is Mane is next. Salah has a yeah. good season. He's next. Firmino be picked off by a Juventus or or a Real Madrid or whoever. So FSG did have to make a stand. It may have upset, not upset Klopp, but gone against what Klopp wanted at the time. But I'm sure Klopp would have said, "Yeah, fair enough." Um, for the greater good and the bigger picture, we're going to have to play this game. The funny thing is, Chris, he doesn't get the transfer. All right, the transfer window passes, and he starts playing for Liverpool again, and he probably has. The best couple of months of his Liverpool career, stats-wise. Stats-wise, yes. Uh, My big thing with Coutinho has been 
he was always a front three player. And I thought, well, great, now we've got a front four. You pick two from, you pick three of the four, mm. which is what we want now. We're still at that stage now where we've got a front three and we want another quality addition. Yeah. You know, so that's what we would have had. Uh, and look, he scored great goals for us. He was being influential. But he had this also, this, this where I got really pissed off about him was he decided he's got a back injury on the eve of the Hoffenheim game, which is a crucial game we need to get into Champions League. But then he could fly to Brazil and play for, for Brazil. I didn't know long distance flights cured a back. Yeah. For someone who has a back, someone who's hurt the back in the past, I'm pretty certain it doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, but then we had to then spend the next month pandering to him, playing in midfield to get, to get him fit. Yeah. And then you saw games like, we got, we got knocked out of the League Cup by Leicester because he can only do 45 minutes because he's not fit enough because mm. he's been injured and basically sat in his arse for the whole of pre-season. Mm. So he did all that. And what really annoyed me, I, where I could, I, I, as good as the goals he was scoring that season was, it was Chelsea at home. We played a midfield three. He was the mid, he was the midfielder. And that, that was the game that said to me, he is never good enough to play midfield. And when he goes to Barcelona, he won't be good to play midfield there, which is, on the ball, or he can do a slide rule pass, he can score from distance, he's brilliant. Off the ball, he cannot be arsed. Mm, yeah. He doesn't track runners, he doesn't get into position, he doesn't hassle, he doesn't shuffle, he doesn't do all the things a classy midfielder has to do. Which And people say, oh, it's not a Henderson thing, it's not a Wijnaldum thing. Watch Barcelona, watch Busquets, watch Iniesta, watch Xavi. They're three skillful players, they work their bollocks off. Watch Rakitic. Rakitic, they work their bollocks off, you can't, you can't the ball. Chelsea worked out. Do you know what we'll do? Hazard, just stand behind Coutinho because he won't touch you. And that's all he did. He spent the whole game. It's all first half. Stand behind Coutinho, running off him, running off him. And they murder us first half. Second half, what happens? We bring somebody else on, move him further forward. And lo and behold, we're okay again. And then what happens? January, again, the miraculous back injury comes back right in the eve of the City game. Uh, so again, we go into the City game with no bloody Coutinho, but we managed to win the game. Uh, but the one that annoyed me was, it, we all know, you know Sky Sources, we all joke about it, he reads Twitter. He, his agent deliberately leaked something to Sky. Because I remember the smartness of the Sky guys going, don't question our sources, we know this is true. And this is what he's had his transfer requested. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is, this is my frustration with Coutinho is, yes, he did have a good six months and, you know, he scored some great goals, you know. He showed the class he has, but we already knew he had this. We already knew he had this level. So this is not like he was, doing something different. He was yeah. showing this level. But to me, it was still pandering to, pandering to playing central midfield. And he still fucked us off anyway. Yeah. And then, so I, I'm, my general feeling of Coutinho is, the best thing Coutinho's done for us now is, he's created the perfect warning for Klopp now, which is the players going, do you want to go? Cool. Look what Phil did. Fuck off then. Yeah. How's he doing? And, and look, he, like, Kevin Sullivan says there, I wonder how much Suarez was in his ear to push the move and his buddy Neymar. But yeah. you're, you're right. Neymar played together for years in the yeah. team. Well, well, Neymar, well, Neymar had already gone to PS, yeah, PSG, I know, but, which kicked it all off. Yeah, but Neymar was going to tell him to go to Barca anyway because, you know, him being friends with him and, oh, you're playing with mm. Barca, you know. It's a, the Brazilians see it as a bigger thing to be playing for these clubs than any other club. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, but you're right in what you're saying. He, 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 he basically manufactures the perfect uh, blueprint for Klopp if a player ever wants to leave because he can go back and say well he his back was hurting him and then we, we just no we stood firm and he had a great time and then he went and we just let him go and we went to the European Cup final and then we won the won, won the thing after that and then we won the European Super Cup and then we won the World Club Cup and, and then we won the Premier League so you know and we are going to win the Premier League for anyone watching that don't, don't think we are we, we, we genuinely are um, yeah. but the thing is like it, it's it is a perfect blueprint for, you know, Klopp and FSG. You know, um, FSG, by standing firm, says Kevin Sullivan, sent a message to every club that we won't be bull- bullied anymore. And yep. look what it took to get. Yeah. So, we, we, 142 million is the fee. And then it, apparently there was something written in that if they ever want to sign another player off us for the next five years, they have to pay a tax on that. And look, mm-hmm. he ends up a bar, so they don't like him. Uh, the, the fans don't like him. He ends up, he's on loan at Bayern now. There's talk of him being linked now with, you know, Everton. And Chelsea and Everton and all sorts of stuff. But the big question before we go, lads, um, uh, Abbott says he loved him at first, then hated him, but would have him back as a bench warmer. Uh, that's the question. Do you love him? Do you hate him? Um, would you have Pete Coutinho uh, back in this Liverpool side squash, slash squad? Chris, 
I'll let you go first. Still hating. Still hating the way he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to change my mind from that. I would have him as a squad. I would have a player of his ability as a squad player. Mm-hmm. I, but to put it out there, he will never, ever come back to Liverpool, in my opinion, because I still think Klopp, can, uh, I think it still sends the wrong message if you bring him back, which is, act like a dick. Act, act like a dickhead. You know, do what you want. Go and be crap somewhere. But don't worry, Liverpool will take you back. Mm. No, you've got to stop that. I think he has to be the warning now. So, mm. I'm not saying players can't leave and come back, but there's a way of leaving. And I think, you know, players, basically, at the end of the summer, at the end of the summer, uh, win the, win the Premier League, Mane goes to Klopp going, look, what if I can do at Liverpool? I want to try and be look at Bayern, or I want to try and look at Barca. Do you know what? Klopp will probably let him go, but that gives Klopp a whole summer to get his replacement in. Mm. And do you know what? Most people will go, Fair enough. Keeps his head down and just goes when, the, when we just found out Sky Sports news. Manny's gone to Bayern and you know, Liverpool have signed. I don't know um, Mbappe to replace him. Something like you know something like that. When you go right, okay, plan sorted. We can see the plan. Yeah. Custody's going, but fair enough. He's left in the right way. They're like how long do left? Mm. You're like fair enough. Uh, so that's my answer. Okay, so you're you're never having them back, and you don't like them. That's fair enough. Uh, Abo yeah. said his hatred has lessened because the selling of him improved us. Well, the biggest myth about the whole Philip Coutinho thing was is that he paid for Virgil Van Dijk, yeah. and he didn't, <coughs> and that's a lie. That's happening. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, that's the other thing. No, let 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 me let me tell you something. On the second of tour of June in two thousand seventeen, right? Liverpool were said to be interested in Virgil Van Dijk. And it was all going on the whole lot. Philip Coutinho was still a Liverpool player. Mm. Liverpool got themselves into trouble going into the end of June slash, slash July of that summer with regards to Virgil van Dijk because he brought him to Blackpool and he went on the waltzers with Klopp and he bought him a stick of rock and the all big, that. The big right? Yeah, the whole lot. So, Philip Coutinho never um, financed Virgil van Dijk. Okay, Philip Coutinho is leaving, you know, just after Virgil van Dijk arrives. But Virgil van Dijk was going to Liverpool whether Coutinho was there or leaving or not. That's what was happening. If Philip Coutinho doesn't hand in a transfer request at Liverpool in August and we hadn't have messed around in Blackpool, we're probably signing Virgil van Dijk at the end of June, start of July, before anything comes out about Philip Coutinho. So, okay, in the accounts it will show this, that and the other, but we didn't get rid of Coutinho to sign Virgil van Dijk. That is not and true. Not only that, Gav, sorry if I couldn't across you, we wanted Nabi Keita as well that summer. I would have bought him only thought we couldn't get a deal done and had to get him for the following summer, wasn't it? So yeah. Liverpool had cash to spend that, that summer, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was that they sold, Coutinho, you know. Yeah, continue probably financed Casino uh, money is probably used to finance the likes of Fabinho and uh, Alisson. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Sullivan says what, the same. That, it's probably, not the VVD money, but the Alisson and Fabinho money in one window made it a lot easier. To, uh, well, one of the biggest vibes we have with that sort of thing is people say, you know, oh, they only bought Alisson and Fabinho because they sold Coutinho, but that's how that's how it works. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you have an asset and you sell it for more than its value, yeah. you reinvest that money. Like, yeah, what's you the only point? bought that new uh, car because you sold your old one. Well, that's yeah, uh, perfect uh, sense. Uh, apart from the two Manchester clubs, Every club has to buy to sell. I think the two Manchester clubs are the only clubs that could basically, because the way they're fired, because they're all mm-hmm. they've got, they can, they can buy everyone and sell no one. Mm-hmm. That's just the way of the world, you know, they're richer, but you know, most clubs have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the other thing with Coutinho that is, came out recently was, he paid 11 million pounds of his own money to get out of the deal, to get out of Liverpool. Yeah. He, he paid to leave you, so yeah. what, that's the bit I don't get with him. Why do you want to bring someone like he paid to leave us? I'd say he paid. I'd say he did pay a lot of money, but he probably got it back in the signing on fee. So yeah. you know, it's just it's just maybe, a case of get out, maybe, do something to get out of contract, so, but, you know, and we reimburse. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's completely bad luck. Keith, are you loving, hating them, keeping them, or having them in the squad? Anything? Uh, do you know what? I like them. I love, I love them all. Go as far as love them. But I wouldn't have them back because, you know what I mean? The way I look at it is, if you went out with a girl and she left you for someone that she thought was better looking and he turned out to be a bit of a shy bag, I wouldn't yeah. take her back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So now, yeah. good luck, Eddie. Oh, she had what his, a had his by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather find the next casino. Mm. Yeah. He's 28 or something at the, at the moment, isn't he? And people are like, oh, bring him back for 80 million. Like, I'm going to spend late 80 million on a 28, 29-year-old player no. with a bad back. No. <laughs> um, go go on, with Kia Hyvitz for the same money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, exactly. Philip Coutinho, I loved him as a player. 
I loved him. I think at certain times in Liverpool career, um, like Sterling was early on in his Liverpool career, a lot was pinned on him. I think at certain periods, um, probably around 15, 16, 16, 17, a lot was pinned on um, Philippe Coutinho. Mm. And he held it quite well. He scored some sensational goals. He had some really good games for Liverpool, sensational games. Um, yeah. You know, we helped them qualify for the Champions League, so you have to give that to him. But... The way he left was appalling. Um, it really was. Uh, I think he could have went... To, uh, listen, Barcelona didn't decide on the 8th of August, the day before we signed. He played Watford that he wanted yeah. Philippe Coutinho. That was in the works for a long time and, the, and planned for a long time. So, you know, he could have been more upfront about it and went to Liverpool in June and said, listen, this is what's happening. I would like to do this and work something out amicably. Where where today we could be speaking going, in fairness to him, he's a straight up guy. It hasn't worked out for him. We feel yeah. he could do something here. Do you know Do you know what name jumped into my head when I asked about um, him coming back? Mario Gota. Yeah. Now, Mario Gota is, has recently, in the last 24, 48 hours, has said that he will leave Borussia Dortmund on a free transfer, right? Yeah. And... Mario Goltz was at Borussia Dortmund under Klopp and went to Bayern Munich and his career fell apart. Let's be honest about it. Um, everything he had at Borussia Dortmund just couldn't be, it couldn't be uh, replicated at uh, Bayern Munich. He ends up back at Borussia Dortmund. And I'd say a little bit of Klopp, if Coutinho ever showed up on the horizon again, realistically, I think a little bit of Klopp would say, well, I watched Goltz do that and he went off and then he came back and he wasn't the player he was. The spark had gone out of him, and he, they're just too hard at that age to get the spark back into. And I think the Mario Gota situation um, between Dortmund, Bayern, and back again may be something that will be flagged up in Klopp's mind if the Coutinho thing ever came about in you know the next six, you 12, 18 months. The difference there is a good comparison. The difference there is, and I think Klopp may have said something along these lines, in Germany... Bayern Munich are the team that if they want your player, they take your player and you can't do anything about it. I think with Coutinho, I think Klopp looked at Liverpool at that stage and thought, right, we're after getting Salah and with Firmino, with Mane, we're building something here to, to make a challenge. Coutinho then pulled the rug out from underneath them. And I don't think he would be as forgiven as he would have been for Mario Gotze. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He was a far off that they got to as well. I think Goethe left in the, in the, the right the right way, as in I think Klopp knew he was going. Mm-hmm. I think it was oh, no, no, spoke no, about no, it. Not about not about the, the departure and just the way a yeah. player goes from being this sort of player and then the spark goes out of them completely. That's mm. just the way it is. Would I yeah. have him back at Liverpool? Yes. Um I would have him back at Liverpool. All things being equal, if Klopp wanted him, um I would have no problem with Philippe Coutinho coming back because I still think he's a really, really, really good player. I think certain games where he would suit us down to the ground and I'm always for having really good players in our squad regardless of who they are I would have him back do I love him no do I hate him um, I, do, I think hate is a very strong word in this one I think yeah. I'm, I'm more disappointed in him but I think <laughs> oh, I, you sound like his dad no no I am more disappointed in him because I look at him oh, and I know you know what, what if, no yeah. I'll put it to this way if he went away and he was tearing her up at Barcelona I'd hate the fucker right yeah. because I'd say he could have been but looking at just the way things have gone and burn and it's not really working there and like being linked with fucking everything, for fuck's sake, yeah. you know, um, no one deserves that. So <laughs> to me, I'm just more disappointed and bright. Do I think it'll ever happen? Do I think it'll ever happen? No. But I think if, if, if things fell, you know, square pegs for square holes and it, mm. it could be done, not the money you're talking, by the way. Well, that's and, the key, uh, me, yeah. not for that money. If, so, if something could fall where you, you could get him back at a reasonable amount of money on a reasonable weekly wage and yeah. the club, most importantly club and the squad were happy with it, I think I would, I think I would go with it. Uh, a few more comments before we go. Uh, we couldn't afford to have a continue in the team. Our players have a rigid uh, formation now. He used to go missing, says Avo. Uh, Kevin Sullivan mm-hmm. said, I'd have that type of player again. A 20, 21 year old to develop a Cantwell type or hour. Is his name hour off Leon? Yeah. I don't know. I never know. Um, um, yeah. And Kevin Sullivan right. says, um, let me see. West Ham are in big financial trouble. Owners put 30 million in and players defer a, a percentage of wages. Jesus, yeah. They are in trouble. And it's only going to get worse when the season starts back because they didn't mm. want it to start back. And when it does, they're going down. Yeah. And then all the shit's going to hit the fan. Um, 
It's been a really it's, good show. We were meant to get Robbie Keane in on this one as well, but it didn't happen. We're an hour and three in, and that's enough for a Friday night. But like his career, will it? Yeah, well, yeah. Listen, we, we might, we might, we might, uh, we might, we might squeeze him in. We might squeeze him in um, uh, next week when we do it. I'd like to thank everybody that's watched tonight. I'd like to thank everyone that's um, our subscribers that have watched on. Uh, hot mic are people that have visited in the people that have liked it uh, are people that have followed if you're watching and you haven't followed us yet and you just popped in to have a look follow us we have a bit of, we have a bit of a laugh while talking Liverpool and general football at times as well um, we are also on obviously Twitter slash Periscope and YouTube we vary our shows between all these different platforms hot mic is the one we're trying to um, have a little go on at the moment but it's been really good um, I'd like to thank Chris and Keith for joining me as well it's been a really good Friday night and listen we'll, be, we'll keep you up to date on our Twitter timeline as to what we're going to do on the next show Chris thanks a million Thanks for having me on, mate. No problem at all. Keith, thanks a million, man. Always a pleasure, Gav. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.